Hey there, my name is Sean, and this is Grit True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of story, and the people that craft and tell them. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, and also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories, personal stories, grit stories. We are coming to the end of season number three dedicated to the grit talks and the best of and today we've got two stories from the mental health happiest hour virtual open mic still kicking it almost two years in now the first is by daddy o'donnell up in the commonwealth of massachusetts and the second is by a mr jameer pan who resides in new york city i hope you enjoy both of these stories Check the show notes for upcoming events, including the Mental Health Happiest Hour on August 7th, that's 8 p.m., always on Sundays, as well as the National Storytelling Network Grand Slam Championships, which will have 10 stellar tellers, including this bald guy. Well, I might not be stellar, but I'm in it. So come out, check it out, join. It'll be a lot of fun. That is tomorrow night, Saturday, July 30th. And of course, if you can help us out by rating and reviewing this podcast, if you listen on Apple, that would be amazing. Okay, Dottie and Jameer, let's dive in. I press the button on my computer that says, if you purchased a photo package, choose the date of your experience. I find April 30th, 2022. Now, I had never heard of paragliding until a few days before I decided to try it. At the beach in San Diego while visiting my daughter, I saw people up in the sky flying over the ocean in these bucket-type seats with a curved sail, cloth sail above them, and there was a guy kind of guiding it. I said, I love this about California. So fun. I want to try it. Let's go check it out. So we get to the paraglider port, and I walk up to the guy at the ticket desk. And I say to him, I need you to look at me. And I slowly turn around. And then I say, if I go up there paragliding, do I need any kind of athletic ability at all? I mean, look at me. And he says, no. He said, we've had people like 13 months old to 104 years old doing this. No problem. And I said, perfect. I want to try it. So he said, well, give me your phone number and we'll text you when the conditions are good. And it probably won't be until Friday. So when I leave, I Google paragliding. Is it scary? And it says, no, people are like really surprised how relaxed they feel. And the worst thing it said was that you get motion sickness. So I stopped at CVS and bought some Dramamine. Now, I never thought I could talk myself into paragliding. I mean, I can do this, but I'm in to doing telling stories now. And I think this will be a great story. I mean, I think this will be such a great story. This will be the story my kids tell after I'm dead. Like, remember the time Ma went paragliding? She was such a free spirit. It will be that story. So late Friday morning, my daughter leaves for an appointment. And I says, you're going to be back in case they call me, in case it's an okay? And she says, yeah, I'll be back. Don't worry about it. And then at noontime, I get a text and it says, We are officially flying today. Get here by four o'clock. So I take a deep breath and I'm still can't believe that I don't have any fear in me still. It's time to take the Dramamine. And then an hour later, my daughter's still not back and I am just so tired. 
So I decide to take a nap. It's probably from the dream of me. And then when I wake up, I hear the door open to the house and I look and it's 3.30. Whoa, you made it back right in the nick of time, I say to my daughter. This is perfect. I'm really going to do it. Like, look at me. I'm free. I'm retired. And now I'm going to fly in the sky like a bird, just free. I mean, who gets to do this? Your mother does, Nicole. I do. Let's go. I got to be there by four. And I head out the door to her car. And then she doesn't come out. And I say, Nicole, we got to be there by four. And she comes out on her porch and she says, I'm not taking you. And I said, what? She says, no, I don't think it's a good idea. It's too dangerous, especially at your age. At my age? Did she just say at your age? And I said, you know, you heard the guy say they had people 13 months to 104 years old. I could be the 104-year-old person's daughter. I mean, that would make me a youngster. And she says, no, not on my clock. And she turned around and went in the house. And I stood there in the driveway, stunned. And then I got a text. And it said, hey, skydiver. And it was from my son in New York. So I called him. I said, what are you texting me this? He says, well, I just wanted to let you know that you're getting vetoed today, mom. You're not going up. And I said, why? And he said, because you're not. And then my mind flashes back to when I was a teenager and I was grounded. I wanted to go to the dance and nobody would give me a ride. And like, when did these tables turn for me? No ride, no glide. What's this all about vetoed? Well, she's concerned, he says, about me dying. Well, probably. But what if you break your hip? Break my hip? Did you say break my hip? Not fracture my skull or break my back or drown in the ocean, but break my hip? And he says, she said it, not me. And then I realized I had just got moved up to the elderly category. Oh, I get it. I get it. If I break my hip here in California, there is no putting me on a plane to Boston for a long, long time. Is that it? And he says, well, it would be a great inconvenience. And just like that, I went from a free spirit to a potential burden in need of elder care. And that's when I go on the website and I look where my paragliding photos would have been that day if I didn't get the wind taken out of my sails and get grounded. This is November 2020. I just moved into my apartment in Jersey City. I was living at my mom's house during the pandemic. And as a 31-year-old man, to live back home at your childhood space is, is, is a bit jarring. Needless to say, I was happy that uh, I got a chance to spend time there because it taught me the importance of why I needed my own space. So I had been there since August. I got a new job. I was working at this entertainment company as a, a video director. Very proud of myself. Uh, and as I'm setting up my home in those months, I decided to call my dad. My dad and I don't necessarily have the best relationship. When my dad and my mom were together when I was young, it was really great. 
it's great to have uh, my father around just because I got a chance to see uh, two people who look like me be in a relationship that was happy, fun and exciting. And when my parents divorced when I was nine, uh, it totally crushed me. I didn't know how bad it did until I just started growing up and developing and realizing that my father leaving the house and emotionally abandoning me affected who I was and how I was moving my self-esteem, the the value that I, I put towards myself, the lack of value that I put towards myself, and just really not having self-confidence and not realizing that that's where it stemmed from. So now in 2020, as I'm seeing my career take off, my confidence being built and a more healthier lifestyle, I needed to talk to my dad and I invited him to come over. My dad shows up on a Sunday afternoon decked out in Jets gear because nothing says a black dad more than the New York Jets, apparently. And he comes in, he looks around my studio in Jersey City and he adjusts his Jets hat. He squints his eyes and he goes, "Woo." This is nice, Jay. You know, thank you. Appreciate it. I grab him a chair and I sit on my bed and we begin to talk. When my father asked, hey, so what's going on with the new job? Give me some details. I decided to be vulnerable and open up and, you know, start explaining to him what I do. And a minute and 30 seconds into the conversation of me explaining, he stops me and he says, oh, well, maybe, you know, some of the people at your job will like the screenplay I wrote. Did I tell you I wrote a screenplay? And my father starts pitching me a screenplay that he wrote in his downtime. Going back to being abandoned, that was in real motion again. My father had cut me off physically before, but now verbally. I had been in therapy for about a year and a half at that time. So in my mind, while I'm hearing him talk, I say silent. One part of me is like, Jameer, you've worked through some of this in therapy. You're okay. You do not have to react the way you used to, which was through anger, which is through acting on your emotions. You can compose yourself. The Brooklyn side of me was like, kick this motherfucker out your house. Because who does he think he is? I, how dare you come up in my house and do what you've done all my life? So after he finishes talking, he goes, so what do you think? And I take a deep breath and I feel the anger rising. But I say compose and I go, well, I think you abandoned me. His mouth is open. My mouth is open. I can't believe that that's what I said. Because it was, it, it was the way I've, I've felt for 20 plus years. And I say, you abandoned me. I was really angry and sad at the fact that Yes, you did come around, but you stayed away for so long that I was just gracious to be in your presence. I didn't deserve more than that. And I'm saying all these feelings and these things that are coming up. And at the end of me venting, I say, but I forgive you. And I forgive you because our lives were pretty much parallel at some point. Your father abandoned you and you went through life's obstacles, feeling low self-value not being able to be yourself. The, a lot of the same things that I've dealt with, and I see that now. I didn't know that before, but I see it now, so I forgive you. And I gave him a hug and I walked him out. 
I remember him saying, I'm sorry. And I said, thank you. And when I closed the door and walked back into my apartment, I like keeled over and started crying because it wasn't just, it wasn't the fact that he said, I'm sorry, but it was the fact that for the first time in my life, I protected my inner child. I was strong enough. I was confident enough. I was vulnerable enough to be able to express that and defend a part of me that had been left with so many questions. In 2022, this year, my father is currently uh, battling cancer. It's a mixed basket of feelings. Of course, that's my dad. I'm watching my nuclear family get older as I get older. And that brings up a lot of anxiety. But the one thing I'm happy about is that I was able to give him back the passed on trauma that was passed on to me and not carry that anymore, not carry that anger because he wasn't capable of being the person that I needed. And I'm proud of myself today. And so as I pray for my father, I know one day, as we all do, we'll transition and he'll transition. And I'm happy with knowing the fact that I was able to forgive while he was still alive. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to our storytellers, Dottie O'Donnell and Jameer Pond. Thank you both for crafting your stories and telling your stories and letting me use them here on The Rit Podcast. Check the show notes for upcoming events, including the Mental Health Happiest Hour, virtual open mic Sunday night, 8 p.m. August 7th is the next one. We'd love to see you there, whether you want to tell a story or watch some stories, or both. And oh, by the way, if you are hearing this before tomorrow night, which is Saturday, July 30th, the National Storytelling Network is having its Grand Slam Championships. There are several good tellers, including this bald guy in North Carolina. I'll put a link there if you want to come out and support. That is all for episode number 93. Wait for it. Boom.